Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spider Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 315, and today we'll be talking about Pencil Break Mania from Craig of the Creek. I'm GC13. And I'm David. You know, considering how Craig of the Creek is made by Matt Burnett and Ben Levin, the uh, official wrestling marks of Steven Universe, I am astonished that, uh, according to Wikipedia, this is the 86th episode of Craig of the Creek, and that's how long it took us to get a wrestling episode. Yeah, I had the same reaction. I went and looked at the staff for both these episodes, and I thought, you know, even if it's not the storyboarders, surely there's some crossover, but there isn't. And that's shocking to me because I totally have missed the entire wrestling scene my entire life. I'm not aware of people into wrestling. Maybe my first crush was into wrestling in like middle school. Other than that, never known people. So like the the extreme amount of representation it's having in Cartoon Network shows of, of this era is uh, you know surprising to me. But they're hilarious. You should watch Glitch Text. They get their wrestling episode out in the second episode. Is that like a very specific generation? Like, what are the people making? You know, how old are the people making cartoons right now? They're in their like mid 30s. So was there WrestleMania? Yeah, there was a wrestling episode in Rugrats for crying out loud. Cartoons have wrestling episodes. It's how it is. Yeah, yeah, I guess. It just missed me in the, you know, what cartoons of my childhood, like SpongeBob was firmly in the karate area of, you know, combat sports they had their wrestling episode though which one was the spongebob oh that's true yellow pink you do care no 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 that was their olympics episode they had an episode where no 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 that's the wrestling one where he says my name's not rick they're in the no oh, that's, that's the olympics the one they're, where they're parodying the olympics yeah mm. there's a there's a whole one where that's actual wrestling wait is that new spongebob because miss me with that new spongebob it's probably... AKA post-season four. Oh, it's definitely new then. Oh, I think. Wow. On that awful note. So, this episode was a lot of fun, but I really missed the actual title card when I started watching it. And so when Craig started talking about <laughs> new school supplies, I was thinking, yes, I am on board for some new school supplies nostalgia. Uh, that I totally connected with that feeling of getting new smelling crayons and paper and definitely was also highly invested in my pencil ecosystem you know every year there were new innovations in (laughs) in uh, writing tools you know and honestly i'm surprised that this episode didn't go harder into sort of pencil varieties you know we got a few you know joke lines we got a few different things but i was like Just bring them out. We had Vince McMahon pull out a mechanical pencil to attempt to cheat himself into the championship. What more variety in pencil do you need? Like, and they gave it a little bit of specificity. Like, they said, you know, it's a mechanical drafting pencil. But, you know, I wanted to see all the things. Like, I wanted to see the mechanical pencils that you refill with lead, but also have refillable erasers. But also the ones that are really crappy offshoots of mechanical pencils where the tips are like in little capsules in the pencil and you take one oh, off the top and push them back about. in the bottom. Yeah, miserable, miserable time. Uh, you know, there's quite quite a few things. You know, and they said some of it, they tried to use insider terminology, but as an insider, I'm going to tell you, not that special. Like at the beginning, uh, I don't remember which competitor had the HB leaded pencil. I think that was the first first guy. Yeah, wasn't that paintball? Yeah, that was the... <laughs> 
paintball guy. The original champion. Uh, every pencil is HB lead. They're all HB. So don't even, I mean, maybe that was the point. Maybe for people who know pencils, we're supposed to know, oh, this guy doesn't know his stuff. This is the intro guy because he thinks his pencil having HB lead is something special. But anyway. So did you like it when he just shows up and starts straight up cutting a wrestling promo on JP right then and there? Okay, I... I'm sorry, a pencil break promo. I really enjoyed not knowing enough about wrestling culture to appreciate all the references, but just like the associated music and sound effects that accompanied every person's intro was just really enjoyable. And of course, they're very showmanshipy and... So that's just very entertaining. One uh, one little bit of a wrestling meme that you definitely missed, but you know when Nate, who I'm just probably going to call Vince through the rest of the episode because that's who he is, but he does the Vince McMahon goofy walk with his arms up when he's uh, coming out. Hmm. And like, I'm not a WWE guy, but even I know the Vince McMahon walk, and I really enjoyed seeing that one. So that was nice. I feel like I've probably at least seen that meme. It's a, it's a little bit popular on the internet. It's it's up there on the level of RKO out of nowhere, which is uh, memes you may have seen. Not the same as uh, just John Cena. I mean, there's like infinite John Cena memes that I can think about. And by infinite, I mean like three. Not as, not as popular as the John Cena memes, but that's pretty popular, so. I don't know if we're just going to go uh, character, you know, in order of appearance, each, each uh, fighter. Huh? Oh, man, then I have to look up the, the names. I, yes. Finally, finally. I'm not the only Cadet one that gets Boris. to struggle with the names. Yeah, I know Boris, and I know Sparkle Cadet. Which, by the way, JP, not even quite even being awkward with <laughs> having to say, you are cute, but that doesn't mean I am interested in you. Like, that, <laughs> I don't know if that, if they even got that delivery intentionally. Like, JP, I, I don't even know who the voice actor for JP is. That was just so good. The, 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 the character that they've developed JP to be just this, he's so relaxed in everything he says, and he doesn't sound unsure of himself. And it's like just the right level of, it's just barely awkward. He's just kind of explaining it, but not in a like too direct way or in a way that he's like, I don't know. It was just super funny. Down girl, down. <laughs> Everyone knows JP's one true love is pencil breaking. Right. <laughs> no, no other people can get in the way. Also, though, her loss led to easily the best line in the entire episode. In my opinion, Roy G. Biv is my witness. <laughs> the rainbow is pain. Like, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, I know Barry. I don't know if that was it, but there was a, there was a line he said that sounded like something I would expect JR to say. Yeah, picking, I mean... I guess I don't even know who else you could have picked, but I'm glad they picked Barry and Mark to be the commentators for this, because... They could have got those two kids from, uh, what's it called, that do all the announcing there. I hear they need work. I mean, look, they're like the classic nerds, but I just really enjoy that they show the older characters being committed to whatever the young kids are doing, even though, <laughs> I mean, that's basically their wheelhouse anyway, is stuff like this, but... I mean, they're the elders of the creek. You know, they have to participate in creek life. Otherwise, they're just the old kids. <laughs> Speaking of the old kids, though, what Boris, I mean, is Boris a, a, a man? An adult? <laughs> he's not old. He just has... He's a growing boy. Boris and Tony. 
Like, they were funny back in the episode where Craig gets stuck in the Moss Creek. I forgot the title. But, like, you know, they're they're fine and entertaining. I feel like that was my first introduction to them. But, like, Tony back here just is a weird, very light gangster, mobster thing with the yeah see and the and you know he's bending the rules of the match well what he was doing is it's called managing and what he's going to do is in in during a match he's going to cheat to try to get his guy to win without making the other guy look like he deserved to lose okay and this is an expected part of wrestling culture i'm learning yes this is this is very normal that if you see a guy come out with a wrestler who isn't wrestling he's going to try to distract the referee or take advantage when the referee is distracted otherwise. I love that that's a thing. But also, they are tying in the uh, this idea that the scouts are kind of bad people. Because they already looked bad, <laughs> again, in that Moss episode. But now, you know, I think it was Mark said, oh, you know, they're scouts, so of course they would know the rules. This mm-hmm. assumption that scouts are good people, I just, I, I don't know who wronged them. I mean, the scouts maybe as an organization in the nation. Has not been the best organization for young boys always across all time. <laughs> but, you know, they're getting thrown down here. I, I think it's because the scouts have to act as the Creek's police force. Oh, okay. So we have to kind of make them... There's no back the green movement in the Creek. Oh my god. Oh. Although you know who has a lot of green? That kid who I said I was going to call Vince. He's made millions of dollars off of pencil-based <laughs> sports. And they're not they're not just making that up. That is definitely a true fact. <laughs> I love the assumption, not even for him, but for one of the previous contenders, that his pencil came from a museum, so it must be worth millions of dollars. Love kids' <laughs> I, ideas about I, money. I loved love that. That was... That was very funny because the first thing I thought was, oh, he bought it at the gift shop. But then Craig's like, oh my gosh, he actually took a priceless pencil. It's like, oh, Craig, <laughs> Craig, I love you. You're the funniest. Uh, he stole it. But yeah, um, our good our good boy Nate coming out with his blue pen abs and his mechanical pencil. That was a treat. And without it being, you know, like a fat shaming joke, they did just make him kind of look out of shape. Like they gave him some chub right above the waist to accompany his blue pen. And I think that was the appropriate amount to be like, this kid's not in shape, (laughs) particularly. (laughs) He just drew it on. You know, I think that was good. He was a he he was pretty funny. He's a very good showman. I like the I'm going to buy it off of you and they they ham it up. Okay, fine. Then I'm just going to. Oh, and then he just immediately sells the paper pencil after he loses. No shame. Right. The fact that he immediately transitions into, you know, this is just all a production and this is continuing next week. So come on back. The only thing that broke it for me is that he never actually collected money at any point in this episode. And I think it would have maybe slightly strengthened the idea of him to see kids have to, like, give money or something or be throwing candy or something at him. That's the business model. You give them the free episodes on television, you know, but then you get them into the pay-per-view. You, you, they built up a strong storyline. He's probably going to have gotcha. uh, a, a good contender for JP to defend against at that pay-per-view. So this was a weekday. It's, it was, this isn't the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's, that's where he's going to yeah. get your money. For sure. Okay. But uh, yeah, Pencil Break is a carny business, David. You got to think, got to think <laughs> like a carny. So is this a game that you experienced... I, I feel like this tickled the back of my brain as maybe a thing I maybe saw some kids do one time. Yeah. But this was not 
like the most popular sporting activity in like when I think of my school time activities in elementary or middle school, I think of people folding up little footballs and shooting them between people's fingers. Or I think of there was one really nefarious game where you just took a pencil eraser and just rubbed it against your skin for as long as possible until like one person gave up because, you know, the friction, (laughs) you know, just like rubs your skin off. And then the teachers like banned that game. (laughs) There were things like that. Yeah, I I don't think we had any game where we would try to actually break pencils i feel like if we ever did this then the goal would be knock the pencil out of the person's hand not to break it right i mean because some pencils are awesome and you really don't want them to break which i totally felt craig on that yeah i mean it's uh it's a brutal sport too it takes and it takes Mm-hmm. and what does it give back nothing broken dreams <laughs> pencil shavings an amazing championship belt. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I'm also really glad that Craig gets the acronym right on the first try on that belt. The pencil break champion's work is never done. You saw that was, uh, Benny just shows up, has to defend his, you know, good name with the match. And that match right there was a title defense. Champ's always working. I'm certain we will never, ever see JP defend his belt again. Or maybe... <laughs> Maybe in season five, we'll have a JP philanthropist episode. Right. I was just. We learned that he's been the reigning champion the whole time. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. Oh, no. JP's been totally doing this every other day. (laughs) You didn't know? (laughs) It's been happening for seasons. Where have you guys been? (laughs) I mean, like, there were purple Puma posters in the background of some Steven Universe episodes. But they were the same old ones. Yeah, it just just felt like, you know, reusing the background I thought they were memorabilia. Yeah, just memorabilia of, you know, hey, this is a thing that happened. We'll just put this in the background sometime. Maybe we'll see a poster that says the bits or something. But the fact that they said, no, actually, Steven and Amethyst have been doing this the whole time. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, like I said, I, I gotta say, every time Tiger Philanthropist comes up, I expected it to be Tiger Millionaire's triumphant return to the ring, not the revelation that he'd been doing it for a year. <laughs> uh. Oh, well. I guess, I, I guess I'll take what I can get. This was a good one, though. And I might just be saying that because it was a wrestling episode, but <laughs> I, uh, I feel like it was good even without the wrestling element. Right, I think... You know, as someone who experienced the episode purely from the perspective of a naive fool who knows nothing about wrestling, you know, I I got a lot of entertainment value out of it. Despite, you know, sometimes if you're really heavy referential humor, you just don't find the material funny at all. You know, watch almost any random Family Guy episode and, you know, the pop culture <laughs> references might mean nothing to you at a certain age or in a certain time period. So I think this, uh, you know, fits m- Oh, Craig of the Creek, to me, exists in a realm that is kind of straddling the line a bit between whether it'll be timeless or not. When I think, like, timeless, I think more, hey, Arnold, where the it feels like, yep, it's a kid in a city, and there's not a lot of references that are specific to the early or mid-2000s. Well, early 2000s, I, I guess. Mean, Steven Universe is also fairly timeless. Yeah, yeah, Steven Universe avoided the the memeiness or the really current references. <laughs> but, you know, Craig of the Creek mostly avoids it, except for when it doesn't. I feel like there's a lot of referential episodes and jokes and whatever. And will the will the card game references and the wrestling references 
stand the test of time forever. I don't know. But this one was perfectly fine, even if you weren't in on some of the jokes, which I think is probably the best way to do it. Actually, bringing up that card episode, I'm also was never a heavy magic player or even D&D or anything. So all those things with like the elders or those episodes, I've also managed to enjoy. So they work on both levels, especially since this is a show targeted at like five to nine year olds, which I'm apparently a great emulation of that audience (laughs) (laughs) because they probably also haven't been watching WWE. So the thing with bring out your beast is that was more very generic. You know, if, if you've been around people who play card games, which are fairly ubiquitous in elementary school, then you'll get all you need to get out of it. Whereas this is like referencing specific wrestling rules. Like they, they had a thing where he was going to get counted out. And I'm like, why are they doing a five count on this? Everyone knows it's a 10 count <laughs> unless you watch Japan and then it's a 20 count. But for American wrestling, it's a 10 count. I mean, I even knew that from playing Punch-Out, you know, Mario has to count to 10. But I didn't think about that while watching this episode, because I'm not as big of a fan. Eh. But, you know, it's also, they are um, playing with pencils, so I will say that the rules could be a little different. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I guess it's okay for Kelsey to run in and threaten to hit somebody's manager with a chair. She puts them through the announcer table instead. I mean, she hit... Something with a chair, right? Well, she, she, well, the, the ref didn't see it, so it didn't matter. Right. <laughs> she did use the chair. Ref didn't see it, didn't happen. I really thought that Boris was about to just, like, kill JP, and then Kelsey came out with the chair, and I was like, okay, we're gonna do a kill for kill here. But, you know, <laughs> it was fine. Anyway, guys, that's been us on Pencil Break Mania, the wrestling episode in a show made by two big wrestling fans. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Uh, Don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.